0: Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. Edward Jones Financial Advisors Todd Nash in Coralville, Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, and Jeff Rudolph, Kelly Barta, Adela Hunter, and Scott McGill in Iowa City understand this. For all of your investment needs, visit edwardjones.com or call and stop by an office. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. Happy New Year. Almost. From the Seven Nation <laughs> podcast, I am Rob Howe, joined as always by Ryan Merkin from Your Prep Sports. Uh, Ryan, I saw on social media, had a bet with his his young son. Oh and uh apparently i'm thinking ryan probably won and now is going to face child abuse charges for having his son out there shoveling for hours and (laughs) hours so we we, he wanted to play he got an xbox for
1: christmas santa brought him an xbox and uh he wanted to play nba 2k and i'm serious i i haven't had a gaming console since i was in college or i didn't have one then my roommates had it, but i've like I, like, I like playing video games as much as the next guy. I just haven't done it. And so I don't really know what I'm doing. He's never had one like that. He doesn't know what he's doing. He thinks he does. So <laughs> he got – he wanted to get another controller really bad, and that came in the – mail. we had to go to the post office and pick that up yesterday. So we got it. And he wanted to play 2K. I'm like, yeah, I got a bunch to do today, bud. And he comes in down to my desk like 20 minutes later, and he's like, hey, what if we do this? What if we play this NBA game and the loser has to shovel the snow? <laughs> And I'm like, all right, it's on. So he was ahead 9-0. I've never played. Like he's tinkered around with it since Christmas. And then I still don't know what I'm doing, Rob, but I was the he was the all-star team from like the 2010s. So it's like LeBron and like the guys that he knows. And I was the all-star team from the eighties. So it's like Jordan <laughs> and bird and like Moses Malone had a big game. It was really fun, but using this as a chance to teach him a little bit because we played again later and i was the 60s all-star team which was awesome (laughs) but these games are so cool obviously a lot of our audience knows this i'm brand new to it but the one thing the thing that led me to a win was that i realized i just thought i'm like okay he's seven i have no idea how to play this game where can i get an edge and i was just like well i don't know anything about video games but i'm gonna go back to when i was a kid and i played video games if you just catch it with Larry Bird's character on the game and just shoot it immediately, <laughs> like you'll probably make most of them. And sure enough, Larry legend led me to victory. So, and then he kind of got upset and I was like, look, we're all going to go outside and help shovel. But I did make him do more than usual since I kept reminding him that I won, uh, which didn't go over very well, but we got it done. Uh, Family a lesson, activity. A,
0: a lesson was learned and that's really what we're <laughs> about teaching our kids. Sometimes these <laughs> lessons are hard exactly don't because he kept telling me he
1: with the christmas day we had we just had the one controller and he was playing Madden then and he's i'm like let me play a little bit he's like you're not good <laughs> and so i was like all right you're i mean he's 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 correct but i'm like you don't have to tell me that
0: uh well we um We talked about last week about doing this, Ryan, uh, a year end podcast here. We haven't had any competition since we last talked, which was Wednesday, the 23rd. Um, Everybody's kind of shut down and getting themselves uh, better during the break. We hope Uh, hopefully everybody's healthy and Santa brought them video games to play uh, during the downtime. Um, So we decided to kind of look back at some of the, you know, the top stories from the year. Uh, What a year, Ryan. I was thinking about this while shoveling snow this morning and thinking about what to talk about on this podcast. Um, You know, I I think, and maybe this goes, you know, gets overlooked, but Iowa high school sports and in, in conjunction with that local sports played a big role during this pandemic of getting back into competition And it started back with with you and and you can speak to this about the, you know, the state basketball tournament when that was going on during, you know, when this, we just were getting hit with this and and nobody knew it was ahead to the summer of getting back into competition with baseball and softball to a lot of, you know, states being shut down and not playing football. Iowa really, This is when you look at this 10, 20, 30 years down the road, Ryan. This is going to be a year that people look back and remember hey, you know, we we did something special.
1: I'm, I mean, everybody has their, you know, this is where I was at moment. I know you were at the Big Ten tournament for basketball. Mm -hmm. It's going to be one of those things that you just kind of, you're reading about it, you're reading about it, you know, this virus and, and, you know, what it's doing in other countries, et cetera. And yeah, I was at Wells Fargo Arena covering the boys basketball tournament in just such a surreal, you know, every day going back there, it's like, I'm just, I'm glued to the radio. And I remember I wrote about this um, afterwards, like in a column, I'm calling my sister and, and my wife who were at work going, Hey, keep an eye on like the news or if you can have like the radio on or whatever, like just knowing that I could be on 80 and the tournament could get canceled at any minute. I mean, you know, the NCAA tournaments being canceled, all the all the conference tournaments are being canceled. People are stopping stuff, and so you're right. Iowa, the Iowa high school boys basketball tournament was like the last thing going on, sports wise, in the country. I mean, I I know people were kind of joking about that at the time, but I don't know that there was anything else going on at that point, Rob. So at the very start of this thing,
0: there may have not been anything going on in the world, Ryan, because we were behind. You know, everybody over. else yeah so I mean there's a good ch- I can't remember for sure but I, I would I'd right. say there's a good chance that that was the case
1: and, and they, they're playing it out it was just it was so surreal being there and I mean the Clear Creek semifinal game with Sergeant Bluff Luton was a great game and I'm just being totally honest I have a weird mind I remember a lot of games that I've covered you know 20 years ago and things like that it was just, I spent as much time on Twitter, just like what's happening around the world type thing and, and sit next to other colleagues in the media. It's like you go into the, to the other, I'm fielding calls. I think I'm out to talk to you. I know I talked to, to Pat Hardy and people are calling and telling us like, you know, the big 10 tournaments off, like, like they're not, I think actually when we were there, the big 10 announced that they weren't doing any spring sports. I don't know if the NCAA had announced that yet or whatever, but these dominoes are falling and you're just like, you keep wondering if you're going to walk back out to the court, if there's going to be teams out there warming up, you know, and what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I just remember going out to my car several times, like I it, it gets so loud in there. I do this a lot if I have multiple games. I go out to my car in the parking lot and just and read or just, you know, s- sit there sometimes lots of times <laughs> I take a book and I went out there several times and I would just turn the radio on and you're, I'm just kind of trying to, at that point, I wasn't really scared. Just, you're just trying to grasp everything that's going on. So you have that um, element. And that is one of the things I was going to talk about that, that I'll just never forget is what started out as just an, it still is, just an incredible couple week stretch for one school's basketball programs, boys and girls, with what Clear Creek did and, and the vibe that you felt within that school. And we can talk more about that. But that, that ends with just such a surreal worldwide feeling of what's going to happen. And I remember driving back after that game, just wanting to go in my house and lock the door and just not leave, you know, just kind of that feeling by the time it's all over, you're just kind of uh, panic. Wasn't the right word, but you're just like, I remember going home and taking a nap that next day and just being like, just feeling like my, I was just so stressed out of just like the, the the trying to keep up with everything and then not knowing what was going on. And then Rob into the summer where no one's doing anything. And part of it, you know, part of it that was fortunate for Iowa is Iowa plays, you know, high school sports in the summer with which I don't think any other state does anymore. It used to be maybe Minnesota played baseball or somebody else played baseball in the summer. I think they're maybe the only one that plays those baseball and softballs softball in the, um, in the summer. So they had a summer season after the spring sports or spring season was canceled. They had a summer season to make a decision on a lot of other states didn't have that once spring sports were canceled they're just waiting to wait until fall to make a decision. So Iowa had the ability, obviously, with outdoor sports, the, the Boys and Ger- the Girls Union, the Boys Association had a chance to do that. And, I mean, you know, when, so- when somebody writes the book on this 20 years from now or five years from now or whatever, it's like nothing else was going on at that point, really. You know, I, I can't remember all the professional teams, like exactly when they came back versus when high school sports started, I think it was January, or excuse me uh, June, but it was basically the first sporting events to come back was Iowa high school baseball and softball. Uh, There might've been some car racing, I think, or maybe some golf. I can't remember professionally, but it was one of the first things nationwide to come back. And then I really think that without that, and you saw this with other sports this fall, not playing football, not playing volleyball without having that summer sports season, the ability to having sports in the summer and the ability to make a decision, a yes or no, which ultimately ended up being a yes for baseball and softball. How much harder does that make the decision for the association boys and girls to do football and volleyball, you know, and swimming in the fall. So I really think that aided the process with having that, you know, kind of trial or, you know, having that opportunity to do those things. And, And then for me and yourself as well, we talked about this a lot, just at games or on the phone or whatever. Going to those first couple games was really weird. You know, I mean, you're, you're going in there and it, it wasn't even so much the the physical dynamics of it, like the spaced out and everything. It's just, we no one had done anything. Like I had only gone to the grocery store, you know, and, and done like little things with your family. It's like, you're going on, on walks and going to the park and you're just not seeing people. And then all of a sudden it comes back and you can just feel this energy of people like, unsure how it was gonna go you know and, and then you do have the other things like it's everybody's spaced out the bleachers aren't there and things so it was it was like a it was like you hadn't gone to school for a couple of years and then you were your first day of school again or, or you know I mean you hadn't worked for a couple of years it's your first day back in the workforce so just a surreal whatever that was four five six months all the way into this fall but the thing that I was thinking about that I've thought a lot about the last week Rob is and I know there's a ton of jokes about this or whatever, but that seems like it was two years ago, <laughs> not nine months. You know, these, these, I was going back through, we'll have a story with our best, some of the best memories, some of the best stories of the year that we always do uh, around New Year's time. that I'm working on a, a looking back column and kind of a, a resolutions, if you will, looking forward column uh, for these next couple of times. And so as I've been doing the homework on that, I'm like, man how long how long does the state wrestling tournament how long ago does that feel you know last year's state swimming tournament how long ago does that feel and i i know all the jokes have been made you know we have hours left of 2020 i know but man that just it feels i'm like was that this year i mean it just seriously seems like that was years ago i i feel like i'm i feel like I'm, i feel like years have been added to my life Rob.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a year that took 10 years, really. And, exactly. Uh, it just, yeah, I remember um, just that feeling, like you said, of getting back out there. I think Solon may have been. Solon softball, baseball were playing simultaneously. That may have been the first time I was out, or I know I did Liberty West baseball softball at, you know at two different locations I can't remember which was which but both of those kind of stick out of my mind as those initial times of being out there and you know the bleachers being closed where fans usually are and you know the fans for each team separated on opposite sides of the field and people wearing masks and you know going through the you know the front gate and making sure people had masks on. It was just, it was a different deal. And I think we've become more accustomed to it now. Yeah, Like when we go to a basketball game, you know, even even as the football season went on and volleyball, we kind of became more accustomed to it. But that initial, like you said, uh, during the summer of just right. getting back into it, that was really impactful and something I'll keep with me for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, and I know I've mentioned this before, but it's when you have kids, obviously, which a ton of our audience does, of all ages. It's so interesting to watch this whole thing. It's like, I still, my kids are like, dad, do you have a mask? Like we're going to run errands yet. Like, like I said, we had to go, most important thing we've done in, in years, I joke, we had to go pick up the, the Xbox controller, right? It was stuck at the post office. So we're walking out and the seven year old's like, dad, you got your mask? Cause it's like, it's amazing to me. You, you tell kids something. And the way kids are, you know, they don't have 40 years of not doing something. It's just like, right. hey, guys. And I, again, I just thought of this now because I, I, I always tell them, hey, you know, mask up. Because a lot of them wear the ones you pull up or they have, the, they have lanyards. Actually, they don't usually wear the ones that pull up. They have lanyards for when they're in school. So that when they can take them down at recess, they don't have to put them in their pocket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, one of the first games I covered, the second game I covered was West High Baseball at Cedar Rapids Prairie. And I waited outside the fence for uh, Charlie Stumpf and some of the guys to come out and noticed I was sitting by the fence for most of the game. And I I noticed they were all spread out outside the dugout, had their bags all spread out. It's just like that first time you see it and they were, you could tell they were really following the letter of the law. Um, You know, Coach Stumpf and his guys where it was like, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, we're supposed to be spread out. We're going to hang our bags here, but then we're going to cram 18 guys into the dugout. It's like they were spread out the whole game bullpen guys and I heard him say a lot like when they'd get close relatively close he would always be like mass up and they had like the gators on and they would pull up and he said it to him they got on the bus and just hearing those types of things for the first time it was it was like okay and I know me I know we had this conversation it's like how many things um is this going to change forever and I'm not saying you know we're all going to wear masks all the time forever but just how many things are we going to think about differently now you know whether it's you know skype in or zoom in or things like that um but that was kind of my first that's when i really started to think about that is it's like okay you know like this is this is kind of here you know people we're gonna we're gonna have to do this stuff and it's a good reminder for me so interesting there's been so many layers to it and it's all come at different times To so, like you said now it's kind of like all right you go out the door i'm like all right i got my i got my watch on i got my phone i got a mask you know like
0: there's mask sanitizer
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, I, I made this joke for the first time at Wells Fargo Arena because that like when it just kind of started, it's like this. I was there for the girls tournament put on you know by the girls union and then the boys unions the next week. They make a few. They do a few things differently, just logistically, the way they have it set up, the media room, whatever. And I was there early. I can't remember what my first game was for boys. I think it was CCA quarterfinal on like Monday. And then I was back the next day for West. And then was back the next day for Clear Creek semifinal. And somewhere somewhere around that is the coronavirus became more of a real situation in the United States. Things were getting canceled. Just a giant jug, like a vat of (laughs) of hand sanitizer showed up in the media room. There was no signs that There was no like, you know, don't enter if you have these things. These signs have gotten made up over time. Just a giant jug of hand sanitizer, like some... Intern got an email that was like, Hey, somebody go to Costco and buy a giant thing of hand sanitizer. It just showed up in the media room, and we were kind of chuckling about it on press reel because then you know everybody is hitting it. And um, I reached into my bag and pulled out like four of like the smelly, like Bath and Body Works ones. (laughs) Another press member was like, Man, you know, I think they made fun of me about being fancy because it was all like the dark cherry Merlot, like they all smelled amazing. And I'm like, look, I have, I have three kids under the age of seven. Like I've been on the hand sanitizer bandwagon for like three years. Cause I'm, yeah. know, I mean, you know how it is when you have little kids, like you're just, you have runny noses and every like all through the winter and it becomes hand sanitizer time about <laughs> November. So I stock up, my bag was already full of hand sanitizer, trying to stay just above the regular, stay in front of the regular germs, Rob. So
0: yeah, interesting time. Hand sanitizer and toilet paper crisis, 2020. <laughs> we can, that's a chapter. That's a chapter in the book.
1: I just remember reading about that in like that first week I was back from, from state, like in the days I was back from state basketball. And that's the other thing is I was super busy during that stretch too. So I'm trying to keep up on this while you're while you're doing your job and you're driving that stretch of I-80s. So, I mean, there's four hours. I don't know how many times I went back and forth between boy and girl's basketball and wrestling the week before that, it's like, that's one of those times where I'm just trying to ch- catch my breath. And it's super busy. And you have, I mean, I know, you know, we had a trip to, between girls and boys, you have the boys playoffs going around the girls state tournament. We had a trip for the Clear Creek boys game to Muscatine that we did for that, um, for that just sub-state final and so busy. And I get home and I'm kind of exhaling and I'm reading these stories. And I just remember being like, to my wife, I'm like, Johnny, you know are you reading like do we have toilet paper because that's one of those things that just like in our family it's like i'm like do we i'm like i don't know what the deal is with this i'm like i don't know if this is real have you because you read these stories sometimes like okay like locally like where are we at like can we find toilet paper and she's just like i I don't know we were fine we were not we were not affected by the toilet paper shortage of 2020 or we made it through we survived we persevered as a family
0: yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways we could go with the jokes on toilet paper, but we'll take the high road here. Um, <laughs> stay away from the bathroom humor and get into some top stories. You know, in you know, just in conjunction with the ability for uh, Iowa high schools to to compete in, in the summer and the fall, um, it provided us with a lot of great stories. And you talked about uh, maybe we'll do it chronologically and just go back to uh, you know the the combined success that Clear Creek had in basketball, not something that, uh, you know, was historically, uh, you know, followed a historic trend there. It was something right. new for them.
1: Yeah. And just, this is my, pl- I'll do my plug really, seriously, really, really quick, Rob. I have, I'm, I'm shortening this to 20. And I love this assignment. I, I do my you know, best stories of the year or whatever. It's at like 45 right now. And it's like you got. I got to get that down to twenty. That's just how successful our teams are. It's like you, teams that made it to the state tournament won't even be on there, and that's a huge thing. If that, you know, I mean, and that's without a spring sports season. And as we talked about, as we've talked about before, you know, we had many West Branch boys golf, Regina boys soccer, uh, on West High boys soccer, we on and on and on. City boys soccer, we had multiple state championship caliber teams in the spring, and I, I'm sorry, I'm seriously probably forgetting some, you know, West Tennis, of course, and even taking out that spring season, you look at what our student-athletes have done from, you know, January 1st of, of last year to, to right now, incredible. Um, and I, I just, I told Rob before we, you know, before we hit record today, I wanted to kind of just give my, not not what I think are the best stories of the area from the last year, but just kind of the things that, stuck with me um just you know, a combination of the the success of our teams and then Rob knows this like I saw Rob Rob, I saw you guys uh, a lot of the Iowa media members this week discussing like their favorite bowl trips and things and (laughs) as a fan that's different as a fan you're always going to be you know this this game we won or this memorable game And, and for for guys that cover those it could just be the travel or you know the hotel or or whatever came with it I know Rob has a real affinity for that pinstripe bowl trip um (laughs) loved love that but things like that that kind of stick with you when you do this job and what rob you know had the perfect lead in that three week stretch um for clear creek basketball and really probably month stretch rob it started with the girls um program i mean they both had super successful years i mean I don't have the records in front of me. I think the boys were like nineteen and six, girls were like nineteen and five. They both had the best seasons probably in in school history, all things considered. Modern era, um, girls made it state for the first time ever, boys for the third time, I believe, first since like the early nineties. Um, boys finished third, girls lost in the quarterfinals. But it it was just how well they were playing. For and don't don't kill me, Clear Creek people for this, but for a school that hasn't been overly successful in the last decade across the landscape of all, of all athletics, and you started to see that success with Ben Robeson and their cross-country program and their track program, uh, you know, and this is a school that's had a lot of athletic success with softball and some of these things in the past and hadn't had as much, you know, in the time that I've been here, you know, 2010, that decade, across, you know, all sports, had some volleyball success in there, Um but not real sustained success across all sports. And you just started to see the culture shift a little bit. And I know that word is overused, but this girls basketball team started to win games. They won, they beat CPU. They hadn't beaten in a long time. They started winning close games and winning games that before you thought they were going to lose. And you could feel it. You really truly could feel it shifting a little bit where, and I, we've talked about this, Rob, we talked about it in football. When you get kids that expect to win, in high school sports, that's what you have with – you look at all these best programs. They have good coaches. They have good, talented players. They have a lot of those things. But it's the mindset. I mean, Regina football expects to win. It's a close game. We saw some of them this year. It's like they expect to win those games, and then they, and they make plays in those moments because they don't – they're not waiting for the other shoe to fall, right? They're not waiting for the other team to make a play. They're out there. They expect it. They, they just think, hey, this is my opportunity to make a play. West basketball you know, city girls basketball, these teams expect to make plays in these big moments. They expect to be in the games. And you started to see some of that coming. And then everybody needs that watershed moment, that win, whatever it is. And there's, it's one of my favorite things that I've probably covered in 20 years doing this. Everybody needs a moment like that. And you felt like maybe when they finally beat CPU, that could be that moment, even if their season didn't, you know, have that, grand finale and i remember telling my wife going they played marion in that regional final at marion you know marion's just been the the gold standard for girls basketball and 4a on this side of the state and i i you know multiple state championship games won a title in there i think and they're ranked one or two, two i think at that time and i remember telling my wife like i'll be honest i told pj sweeney and after the game i told carson stratton as their senior you know all-stater i was like i you know, I'm more than happy to eat crow, but like I remember telling my wife when I was leaving, like, you know, this will be 20. This will be you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully they can hang around. And they weathered a little bit of an early storm, Rob, and then they just beat them. I mean, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a late last-second shot. It wasn't foul trouble. They just beat them for, for the last three quarters. I mean, they were better. And you, you felt like, man, if they played this 10 times, these, did they not win six – you know what I mean like they were just better and they won and you're like wow this is it's rare when you cover stuff and I know you've probably had this in your career but where you really feel like you felt like the tide was turning a little bit but but you're like make no mistake this is this is a defining moment for this program and for these kids and then like I said they had those seniors that were super fun kids to talk to super fun kids to work with Carson Stratton's one of the nicest kids one of the best players in program history and Megan Harvey and they had these seniors that had played so much and worked so hard. And, 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 you know, PJ is a great guy and you see that payoff, but it was also just like, and we're seeing it this year now, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, this was the big moment and then you don't carry it on And, and they lost so much and now they're sitting there, they're six and one or whatever they are right now, Rob, it's like that effect. That was such, such a big turning point for them. And I feel like it was a huge turning point for the, for the school, Rob, They win that game, they beat this team, nobody thought they had a chance. And I'll just always remember talking to their kids after, it's that pure elation of an upset, but it also, it's not an upset in the, it's not a 10 and 10 team that you feel like next year is gonna go back to being 10 and 10. You felt like it was a turning point that comes with that huge upset that nobody saw coming. Um, Just a great moment to cover. And then the boys, I felt like had a 50-50 game with assumption you know, it, it, to, it, to go to state, they dominate that game. Most of that game, win that, go to state, beat a Mount Vernon team that had beat them, almost win a semifinal at the start of a global pandemic, come back and, and finish third. And then, you know, they make the state, a lot of those same kids help them make the state baseball tournament. When we start playing again, a couple months later, I just felt like that whole basketball season was a turning point for the, the culture in that school um, the way kids feel about athletics, the way kids feel about, I don't want to say being the underdog, but about the ability to beat teams that people previously didn't think they could beat. Um, and it's one of the, again, top five moment in my career of covering sports of just the combination of all the things where you you see people getting rewarded for what they've done when maybe other, and then just that, that I'm not going to call it a Virginia one seed losing who, they, who beat them? I can't remember. That's terrible.
0: Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore County or something like that. Yeah.
1: But I mean, this is your 14, three seed or 15, two seed, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't alone walking into that gym thinking it would be 65 to, to 45, you know? And the amazing thing was the Clear Creek kids didn't think that, you know, if for the first time, I think in a long time of covering Clear Creek, those kids didn't think that, um, and then you just saw that confidence grow, and they just beat them. So that was really cool. And then, obviously, that ends with me covering that Clear Creek team at the state tournament as this <laughs> pandemic is, you know, ravaging the world. But just such, and like I said, I, I really feel like it turned a tie. And there was pieces already there. Gabe Baker in the football program, and some of the success they'd had. Um, Brandon Club has really built that boys basketball program. You're so happy for him, and they're continuing that success and Kyle Fornes and the wrestling program and all these different things, they have the right people there um, across the board. But you, I felt like that two or three week stretch, again, if you're writing a book on it, that's something you come back to in a while and you're like, Hey, this was really the beginning of this thing where people started to say, you know, and and I know the girls said that as I interviewed them. you know, why not us? Like, why, why can't we be this team that wins all the time? We have the coaches, we have the players, we have the resources. So that was that's one that I'll just, from this weird year, but just even without that, like that stretch for that school is something I'll always remember.
0: Yeah. And you're, you're right. That's kind of the impact of, um, you know, one or a couple of programs that kind of can become contagious, infectious when, when you, you, they have success, then it kind of that success breeds success. and uh, Yes.
1: Yep. And, you, and there's, you, you know, it's not that. like college. There's so much, there's so much carryover between athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you play, foot, a lot of those football guys play basketball. A lot of those football guys are wrestlers. A lot of those wrestlers are baseball players. Basketball players are baseball players. And you start winning. It's true. I mean, I, one of my favorite movies is The Natural. I don't know if you've ever seen it, when they have the, the hypnotist in there and he's like losing. <laughs> but it's like winning is contagious. I know people say it, but it's like, you, you start to have success, and you start to have, I don't know, what, you know, swagger or whatever you want to call it. It's like you start to walk out on that field or that court or that mat or whatever, and, and you expect to win. And you're not just sitting there in these big moments going, oh, this is 50-50. You're going, hey, this is my chance to make a play. And I felt like you saw that come to life during that stretch for those kids. It was really cool.
0: Wolfred Brimley, Pops. You want to sit back down, Hobbs? <laughs>
1: Rob, I'm so happy that you know The Natural.
0: Oh, I love it's, The
1: Natural. It's such a great movie. You don't need middle-aged rookies.
0: <laughs> what else we got, Ryan? What else uh, this year? Um, um, I, and like you said, it's not, this isn't like uh, top stories. These are just kind of ones that stuck out to Ryan. Because right. if we were going to do top stories, we'd be here for four hours, and nobody wants right. to hear us for four
1: and, hours. And we'll write about that. We'll, you know, you'll know, you be able to find that stuff. Not. It's not going to be, you know, 30 inches on each of those, but it's, a, it, I love that exercise, Rob, because it, I, I I say it all the time, people are sick of it, but it shows really how much success these schools have here. Mm-hmm. And if you can take a moment to, you know, if you're a city, city parent or, or student or teacher or administrator, and you can take a moment to appreciate what West does and vice versa, or Regina and West Branch or Solon or Clear Creek or whatever, this area is filled with great coaches and kids and athletes and performances. So I like that, you know, seeing all the success they've had, but another one that stood out to me and I won't get all sappy like I did (laughs) on the Christmas episode, I thank everybody, but this one, this is another one that I'll just, that I'll never forget for a lot of reasons is this year's state wrestling tournament pre pandemic, you know, nobody knew what that was. We got 14,000 people in the Wells Fargo arena or whatever. So it's a good memory because of that. that's one of the last things I covered. Boys and girls basketball as well. But Wrestling was one of those things where I had nobody had any idea what that was then. You know, in February, maybe a few people did, um, but you weren't. It wasn't dominating news cycles or whatever coronavirus. But since I've covered wrestling, um, you know, in, in Iowa City, we've talked a lot about wrestling. But this was as good of a tournament I think as my kids have ever had. My my kids, the athletes I cover, um, incredible. And that's and that's saying something when you've got City High and West High and you know Clear Creek or excuse me, Solon won a state championship, a two a championship a few years back. But I think we had West High had three champions. Um, ben Keeter won for City High and Solon had two, so six finalists. Our area goes six and zero oh in the finals. I mean that's unreal. That's incredible, Rob. So that was fun. And then you sprinkle in some of the some of my favorite quotes that I've gotten, and I'm going to try to work these into my into my column. Graham Gambrill was just on one; he had some great quotes. Uh, ben Keeter had a quote that I love about wrestling the Linmar freshman. Um, about that's what he, he's like; it was a dog fight, you know. And that that's what I want. Like I don't go out there; I don't want it easy, you know. Like I, <laughs> that's why that's why we do this. Just a, a kid, just. You know, getting done with the match and being exhausted, and telling you exactly what he thinks. And then, uh, um, Jacks Flynn from Solon had a bunch just about how he wanted to thank all the people that doubted him. Like he, they were just—it was great it, it, because it was—it was so genuine. So, um, so it was a great tournament. It was a lot of fun, but part of it is how it started for me. Uh, and I, I, t- I did talk about this last week where. What makes your prep sports special is the, the people that we have that work in here. And um, I felt terrible about this because as I prepped for this, I, I remembered one that I should have mentioned a lot last week, both in the text and on the podcast. And that's Amber Seaton, who's been super important to what we've done. She's helped with photos. Just like Rob and, and Jeff Yoder and Susan Harmon, you won't find a better person than Amber. She's one of the kindest people I've ever met and has done an incredible job you know, helping us with photos, and she contacted me a couple weeks before, so it was the first time I'd ever met with her, or worked with her, and I'm going to say this about her and Jeff in the kindest possible way. She contacts me, and she's like, if you just give me a pass, she's like, I'll just go, and after I talk to her, I'm negotiating this, I'm like, this lady's half crazy. I'm like, or I'm like, you know, let's talk about this. Like, I don't want like, don't tell me you're just going to go and send me photos. Like, what's the deal here? So within a couple days of talking to her, Jeff Yoder calls me. He's working in Missouri. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be, like, three hours from Des Moines, like, in northern Missouri on an assignment for my paper. Like, if you get a hotel room, like, you just want to, you just want me to come up and I'll shoot, you know, the first day of state wrestling and we can hang out and have dinner. And I'm like, Jeff's half crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, either – Everybody likes hanging out and working with me, which I know is not true. Or these people are half crazy and they care so much about what, about the things they do, which is what I know that it is. So it, it seriously, will have, I'll always remember it because of that. And then they just did incredible work and they just took the time. Amber's there with her family and her kids are going and she's sitting down in the media room with a bunch of smelly guys working up <laughs> photos in between. These. I mean, it's just like giving of your time and Jeff's, you know, away from his family and, and, and then just Jeff and I have become really good friends and we did get to go to dinner and we did get to sit in the hotel room and, and talk about our families and, and talk about work and talk about all the things that we, you know, that, that we're passionate about. And then I started to build a really good relationship a friendship with Amber, you know, sit in that media room before the finals and talking to her. So that's part of it. The success of our athletes was incredible. Great quotes, so much fun. Rob, you know, this, when you do what we do, you have really good games. Great games, and, and, and you don't feel like you had you did great work. You could have done something different. You don't like your story. This was one where when I got in my car in the parking lot at Wells Fargo Arena and started driving home Saturday night, I was like, "Your Prep Sports nailed this thing!" Like I, I and, and I don't have a ton of those, but I'm like, "We nailed this. Our kids won. We had stories on all these kids. We had awesome photos. We had some video." Like, I just felt like I, you know, we made all the right choices as far as what we covered and how we did it and everybody had fun. And I just felt really good about how we had done it um, in, in the weekend and, and stuff. So, but <laughs> the, the kind of behind the scenes for that one, the cool story of it for me was Jacks Flynn from Solon. Um, super neat kid, um, know his family a little bit, super nice people. Um, he had a cousin, Trevor Nelson, that, that was in a state final that lost it. Uh, that was a runner-up, and I covered Trevor. And yeah, I'm. Every, you, you've been to state wrestling. There's the pockets of fans or whatever. And he just he won. Um, he won his. I think it was his second round match. So the quarterfinal in sudden victory. He he had all these close matches right in a row. Won the semifinal like seven six. And I think it was during the sudden victory in the quarterfinal, I spotted like the stolen contingent and it's just like, it's big. It's like 20 people and they're all like, I think somebody was actually like demonstrating a move on somebody else, like telling him what to do. And they've got somebody like in a headlock. It was just hilarious to the point where by the time it got to the final, I could not watch the match. I, I, and they were behind me with where I was at mat side. I'm just watching them. I mean, they are just going bananas, like all coaching. And then they happen to be at the same hotel that Jeff and I were at. So we talked to them that night and just, they were, they're so passionate. This, this big family that's all there that all want the best for this kid that want to see this kid win a state championship. Um, and they are just, they're telling Jeff and I all these stories, all the way back to youth wrestling and, and all the stuff at the hotel. Uh, And the look on Jeff's face was priceless because he walked in and they recognized me and like Jeff, just, they just jump in and start talking to Jeff uh, and they're telling us all this stuff. And then watching them watch Jack's wrestle. And then knowing the story of him, he got sick late in the season. um, And Blake Williams told me the story and lost, I think three matches in December and lost three more times in January and got third at the conference meet. And Lost a semifinal at the Womack meet and was super sick and just went backstage and just slept for like an hour. I mean, basically just like collapsed. And Blake went back there to, to tell him that he was just going to injury default him out for the rest of the tournament. He's like, just stay here like you're sick. And he's like, no, no I'll wrestle. And then went out and pinned a kid that was ranked ahead of him <laughs> and then never lost again in his high school career. Won 11 straight matches in the state championship. I think he was ranked eighth and just went on this incredible run and, and again, had great quotes, it was really fun to cover, but to me it was the perfect encapsulation of the Iowa State Wrestling Tournament, Rob, where you talk to all these guys that are my age, and they'll be like, I was ranked one, or I should have won it my senior year, or this kid that was my teammate should have won it this year, or he was a two-timer, and, and, and he got you know, lost in the first round or lost in the semifinals, how hard it is to win that tournament and how often a guy catches light in the bottle. And he's a really good wrestler, don't get me wrong. I mean, he was ranked highly all year, had a couple of losses. All his losses were to good kids, but nobody outside of soul and thought gave gave this kid two thoughts. You know, he was priced. most people thought he'd be in the consolation bracket. Um, and another thing that's fun when you do what we do is when, when you feel like you nail something, as far as I did my preview on him and Blake Williams was like, he's getting healthy that bracket's really even, but I think he's going to win. Like basically off the record, he's like, I think he's in a good position to win it. And I'm kind of like, okay, coach, you know, like he's ranked eighth, whatever. And then he comes out and wins it. So that was a super cool story. Super fun to follow. Super happy for a kid. You're watching his family there the whole time. Um, It was just, it was, it was a good encapsulation for me without even trying to write that story, without trying to put it, you know, into frame it into a bigger narrative you cover that event. And that's, that's an iconic event in the state. And you hear people talk about it that weekend with those people there to watch their son, you know, cousin, nephew, whatever, wrestle those four days and just seeing them kind of at all stages of it, like the, like the, the emotion of it, it it was the experience that so many people talk about having at that event. And and I kind of got to watch it from the side or from, you know, from from a ways away that was really cool and then you throw on top of it the incredible performances we had you know on that saturday night it what might be the best environment for sports in this state and for high school sports in the state um super cool and and then again it's impossible not to frame it now in in what came after that in the next month um, with covid but that was a super cool that was a super cool event to cover on on so many different levels, so complex in the number of stories that we told uh, that week, and, and just what it meant to me as far as my friends in the media watching kids be successful, and then feeling like I felt like that was maybe the best we'd covered an event as a team, and I really felt like it kind of showed how far we'd come as a as a company, you know, as a as a legitimate media outlet. So a sense of accomplishment for me that I don't get every day too, selfishly. So that's one that I'll always remember.
0: Yeah. High school. uh, Well, most wrestlers are wired a little bit differently and that's definitely conducive to really good quotes and really good stories. They kind of, it lends itself to, to what we do and, and high school wrestling in this state, as you said, is, uh, is pretty special. So lucky and fortunate to have that. Uh, What else you got for us, Ryan?
1: Two, two more, and, and I won't go as in-depth on these, but two more things, and it was both this fall, and it was Liberty Volleyball and, and Regina Football, and it's not just that they made it far that they won. It's two separate things, um, and you were you – know, I mean, I'd like to get your perspective on these two. I, I, I thought Liberty Volleyball – one thing I tell people that's a bummer in a way about my job is – and you know this because you have this perspective on both, Rob. When you watch – when you cover Iowa football, you see the Iowa football team in week one. You see them in their bowl – You know, I mean, you see them at the end of the year. You see them in the bowl game. And, and guys like yourself that do a really good job of covering a sport like that or basketball or whatever, you know, a lot of what you're writing about is the progression, you know, or how a guy progresses. And, you know, when you do high school sports, you might see a team in August and then see them once in October and then see them at the state tournament. And you can still see that progression, but you don't see it at every stage. The Liberty volleyball team, again, incredible year. Great story. One of the best stories that I've seen just as far as starting a program. I've never covered a school that started a program, you know, or started from scratch, truly from scratch, a new high school. A little bit of success the first year, a little bit of success. The second year makes this massive jump, you know, the third year and look, We've talked about it. Randy Dolson's a really good coach, but they got really good players. They had some young players coming in that are extremely talented. And then they, and then they go on a magical run this year. They end up a couple sets shy of winning the state championship. But what was so cool for me is I saw them early their first match. I saw them play city high. I'm like, yep, they're going to be really good. I knew they were going to be really good. They bring back a bunch of people, you know, they have to fit in a couple new things, but they're going to be really good. Then they don't play for three weeks. Can't practice. It's a sport that's so much communication. I see them coming out of that. They look good. Again, I, not a surprise. Some play Xavier to end the regular season, and they looked phenomenal. I thought that would be a great match on a Saturday afternoon, maybe five sets, and they they just were a buzzsaw. And then they just kept getting better. I go watch their regional final against – I see them play West in the regionals. Look really sharp. Watch him play Bettendorf in the regional final. Get down, like, I think they hit it into the net three times, Bettendorf's up, like, 6-0, and then it was just, like, they flipped a switch and they just dominated. They go to the state tournament. They played well against Valley. You're like, man, they win that. And then they just were at a different level against Valley. And then I, I really thought they played really, really, really well in the final, just played probably the best team in the state. Um, I should say probably. I mean, Ankeny was the best team that day, but really – Another team that was playing exceptionally well. But to just see that progression was really, was really fun. I don't always get to do that. And then, again, it's a little bit what I said about Clear Creek, where you saw some kids individually just – I mean, we watched Cassidy Hartman. We'll be talking about this in a couple of years. We saw a kid just become a, a star in her sport. I mean, just really against the best competition in the state, a really good player, take it to another level. That's always super fun. And I, I know a lot of people watch football. They watch basketball. I'm I'm not going to act like I'm a volleyball expert, but that I've said this, I've written it. That might be, you know, it's definitely top five, but might be the best high school performance I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, you were there, Rob. Like yeah. you just don't get 35 kills or whatever she had, and lead your team in digs and have two or three errors and hit 500. I mean, it was just insane. And then the other thing that was fun about that, too, is, um, and this is kind of the behind the scenes thing. I did a story on Addie Schmier and a, a feature story on Haley Hestad. They're two seniors that everybody had said were like their leaders and everything. And it true. Both of them said right away, yeah, we're, we make a good combo because we're so different. And these two kids were just on such the opposite end of the spectrum like that, where talking to Addie, very cerebral, you know, the way she answered my questions it's super nice kid just kind of laid back and you know i try to you know keep you know keep everybody's spirits up or whatever and then i talked to Haley, and one of the first questions i asked her is you know what's this year been like with the layoff and everything she's like oh this year's been tough there's been a lot of crap to sort through (laughs) just kind of like i mean again awesome kid but just very very blunt you know i mean just like i think i asked one question she kind of gave me that you know Nick Saban look where it's kind of just like like super polite but just like well, like kind of like excuse me you know just like so two of the best interviews I've done in a super long time. Two super fun kids. And I really like the stories too. because um, they they were great to talk to, but watching those two make it to the pinnacle, you know, again for your players that started out, and basically when they started, they were like, hopefully when we're seniors, we can be okay because they knew there was gonna be some struggles. And then the last time they play high school volleyball is in a state championship match. It's that type of stuff that you just don't ever get, you know, when we do this. So that one was really cool. And then the Regina one, um, Regina football, Rob, they win a lot, they've won a ton. And I was one of those people that you kind of get numb to it, right? You go to the Uni Dome, they win. And it's just like, I almost, we would joke in the media. It's almost like they'd win. They'd be like, oh, yeah, you know. Like, no celebration. Like, you're not getting, like, these wild celebration shots. And these were kids that had grown up watching that, that expected that, made it to the Dome as freshmen, didn't make the pl- playoffs as sophomore. Like, people forget that. This is a team that just expected to win. They, they'd only known winning as, as growing up as kids. And then they make it to the Dome as freshmen. You know, they were on the team. Or, you know, Alec Wick and Ashton Cook, some of those guys played in that game. Then they don't even make the playoffs the next year. And so a lot of those guys are like, you know, that's tough when you're, I mean, you're that team, so to speak, you know, air quotes, like you, you know, you didn't make the playoffs or whatever. They come back to the next year, they make it to the unidome last year, or, you know, as juniors, the senior class, and it's a lopsided game. And then it's easy to just be like, Oh, Regina won again. But I think it was really cool for that group of kids. And then you have, you know, Ashton Cook playing quarterback at a really high level. You know, his dad's the head coach. His brother, Drew, was on the staff this year, worked him a lot. I got a chance at a couple practice to watch those two uh, working together on the side um, with quarterback stuff. And that type of stuff is special, obviously more so for them than, than for somebody like me. But just watching that team this year, I felt like they, I felt like that's a team that, that had something to and, and I know that's kind of a cheesy thing to say, but again, and then you, you look at their season, Rob, twice on a couple days notice, they go and play pleasant Valley or, you know, I think pleasant Valley came to Iowa city, but they go play clear Lake. I mean, in a weird season, they rolled with it really well. Um, and, and I'll be honest. I don't think I really appreciated everything they did until I kind of put a bow on the season and looked back and just following that team. And then the way that they played at the Unidome, Rob, we did podcasts on it. I liked Regina. We said it all year, but they kind of blew me away um, the way they played at the Unidome. I mean, I don't know that you can play much better back-to-back games than what they played um, to end the season. And I just thought there were so many subplots that one. Alec Wick becomes the state reception leader, and I'll just think back on that run as a team that got something that I don't think a lot of people thought that they were going to be able to reach. Truth. Even though it's Regina, I just think that as, 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 as a class, I mean, as a senior class,
2: uh,
1: and everybody kind of coming together. So that one was really cool for me too.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's not easy to do. I, you know, I think sometimes the expectations for schools like Regina or, you know, Regina football is if they don't win at all, it's a failure. Right. It's really hard to do that. And the, I think the cool thing about the, these two, the Liberty Volleyball and, and Regina Football, is you have one traditional power in a Regina Football yeah. that reached that height. And then an up-and-coming program in Liberty, a newer program that has the potential to maybe reach what Regina Football has done and become a consistent challenger you know, in their sport.
1: I think you said it well, Rob, I just, and I'm guilty of this too. You look at teams, you look at what they have coming back, especially when a team wins one and you're like, man, they're set up to win it again, you know, or they're set up to have this success. And it, it's so hard to do. And I mean, you talk to coaches, you talk to, I mean, at any level, it's so hard to do to, to sustain that. Um, And I, I, again, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I kind of fell into that with Regina. It's like, you just expect them to win. And I think they have a degree of that, but I think this team really came together as their, as the more they, the more they played, if that makes sense. And just kind of, kind of gelled with, and they, and the coaches did such a good job of utilizing the strengths of all of those players to make them the best team. Um, and that, that was fun to see. We, it's easy for us, for people like us to be like, oh, they have a great quarterback. They have a great receiver. They have an elite running back at this level. You know, that makes it easy. You know, me, me and you could, you know, go out there and run that offense. But I think what the coaching staff did over the last two or three years with that group is find out how to make each of those guys the best thing they can be for that team uh, in the same, the same way defensively. They had a lot, of, a lot of interchangeable pieces on that defense. And at the end of the year, and we talked about this. They had some games where they – I'm not going to say they struggled defensively, but you were like, okay, how good are they defensively? You know, They're going to play this team that can really run it. Now they're going to play this team that's had success spreading you out and running it and throwing it. And they were just – they were just dominant. Um, very cool. A very cool season. And then, again, I wasn't sure how football was going to happen. <laughs> like, it made sense how volleyball could happen. You're on different sides of the net. It made sense how baseball and softball could happen. I wasn't sure how football was going to happen. At any level and games are being canceled you know early or you know whatever you know regina twice had that where their scheduled opponent they didn't end up playing them that's the first two weeks and i'm kind of going we had a long way to go before we get to the uni dome and and to have a state champion out of this season to follow that you know from week one to to whatever 10 11 that was really cool i thought that was really cool
0: yeah for sure and like you mentioned with regina um after watching uh you know the the wapsie valley game i was like yeah i don't know defensive like you were saying to your point you know i'm like yeah had some leaks defensively but you know championship teams find a way to you know take their play to the next level and regina did that and beat two really good teams convincingly in the dome and uh which is it would just as as impressive as any team that played in the uni dome for the state championships. I
1: totally agree.
0: Totally agree. All right, Ryan. Well, I think we've uh, run our course here. Be sure to read Ryan's um, written content in regards to kind of in relation to what we've talked about today on this podcast. I'll go a lot more in depth uh, on the, on your prep sports. Uh, in the coming days, with those features, and uh, we will be back to talk to you folks in 2021, and that's music to I think <laughs> to everybody's ears that uh, the next time we do this podcast it'll be 2021. And uh, as we've talked about, Ryan, some really um, some good teams in the area with winter sports, uh, wrestling just kind of getting going, and basketball we've seen, and swimming and be uh it should be exciting next several months here uh in the area.
1: And and I know you're in the same boat as I am, Rob. We're we're both really excited about what we're doing at your prep sports too. Um gonna try to continue to add different things. Um some of that's gonna be in my resolution column if it works out the way that I want to write it. Um we're it's not as easy as it I wish it was sometimes to say hey we want to do something and, and do it. Um you know but one of the things that we try to do at your prep sports is you continue to continue to build, but, but, you know, implement the ideas that we each have. And, and, you know, you see that here with the podcast, Rob and I have started doing this, and we want to keep getting better. I know I'm really excited to have Rob on board. All the other people I mentioned, Doug miles had a really good story today about the um, co-coach co-head coaches at Liberty uh, with good photos from Rob. Um, So, I'm excited about what what 2021 is going to bring for our team and what we're going to do and how we're going to cover all the teams in our area, because we want to keep, we want to keep raising our game. Because like Rob said, I really think that this is going to be another incredible year um, for high school sports. And we want to keep raising our bar to, cause, cause the schools, all you guys keep raising the bar for us. Um, we keep having more champions. We keep having more teams make it to state tournaments, win games, do all those things. So we want to keep up in our game too. Um, We just got to get out of our driveways, get the snow shoveled so we can get out to games. But
0: once we do that, we're going to keep trying to up the bar, right, Rob? That's the goal, Ryan. That and uh, just kind of uh, (laughs) trying to get back to some semblance of normal in this (laughs) new year. And hopefully there'll be more fans that can come back out and watch these kids play. And hopefully we keep progressing to that point.
1: Yep. One day at a time.
0: All right, Ryan. Ryan. Um, happy New Year, and uh, Happy New Year to everybody listening, and be safe out there, and we will talk to you on the other side. Say goodbye, Ryan. Absolutely. Happy New Year. This is Rob Howe, happy to be joined again this week by former Iowa linebacker Mike Humple for our Backer to Cracker segment brought to you by Humpel Chiropractic in North Liberty. Mike, thanks for joining us again. Uh, tell the listeners your tip of the week.
2: Yeah, Rob, thanks. Uh, you know, we're going to talk today about sitting is the new smoking. No, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before, but basically what it means is, is sitting is not good, right? We know smoking isn't good, but sitting sitting too much is, is a bad thing. Bad for your spine, bad for your overall body health. So I'm going to encourage everybody to get up and move to improve your, your overall spinal health and well being, okay? Our spines crave movement, so we need to. Instead of sitting, sitting all day long, I know some of us have office jobs or, or travel for work. We're, we're confined to having to sit often, but any opportunity we get, get up on your feet, move around. If you have access to a stand-up desk at, at work or your office, you know try to spend up to a third of your day on your feet while you're working at the stand-up desk. Or if you don't have a stand-up desk, stand up, take frequent breaks every half hour, maybe every hour, get up, grab a drink of water move around for one minute, sit back down. Our spines crave that movement. So um, and lastly, uh, as always, getting adjusted to improve your back mobility when you can't quite do it yourself or you don't have the time to commit to, to move around on your own, uh, come, come see us. We'll help you out, give you some tips, talk to you individually, and uh, give you some pointers and things you can focus on to prolong the health of your spine and your back.
0: Great tip this week, Mike. If people would like to get more information on that and other aspects of uh, your business, they can reach you at 319-325-3558 at HumpleChiro.com to check out more information on your website. And the address for Humple Chiropractic is 1295 Jordan Street, Suite 6B, North Liberty, Iowa, 52317.